This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. CJ Harvey here, Cooper Simran with me as always. Coop, what's happening to you, dude? What's going well? On? Yep, not too much, man. We just finished up another incredible episode, and I love when we finish these episodes and we're like, man, that was just great. Man, that was an awesome interview, and that's mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> that was exactly what we said today. We finished up with Christian Rose. He is a racer in the ARCA Series race. And the, uh, the the ARCA series is basically the minor league of NASCAR. And so he's working his way up, trying to grind through the ranks to inevitably get to that top level that we see, you know, with, um, you know, the Chase Elliott's of the world and, and the, the big names. And he is working his way through those lower ranks trying to get up there. But, man, this guy is a West Virginian to the core. And at the very end, we talk about, like, West Virginians in NASCAR, and he's getting to that point where he's got to be the most well-known West Virginian climbing the ranks through, uh, you know, the the NASCAR lower series, and hopefully he gets to the NASCAR ranks. So, just an incredible, incredible story. And Cooper, what were some of your thoughts about Christian before we jump into it? Yeah, I mean, this is a cool episode because we've I followed. I think a couple months ago we followed him on Instagram from the Mountaineer Media account and um, Christian Rose Racing. For those listening, go over to Instagram, check it out. Um, and you know, we started messaging and he, guys. He basically races the almost heaven car. If you look at his car, he's got the New River Gorge Bridge on the hood of the car, and then down the side it says almost heaven. So they travel the country under a sponsorship of the West Virginia Tourism Department, and they, of course, he's racing. He's trying to go up the ranks, as CJ said, but. But he's also advocating for the state, almost as like an ambassador, if you will, for West Virginia tourism. And he really was just sharing how cool it was to meet all these people. We got West Coast Mountaineers. He's meeting people all over the place. Um, So it's just a cool dude. He's from the Eastern Panhandle, uh, thoroughbred West Virginia guy who's uh, chasing his dream. Yeah, CJ, it was awesome having him on. No, what you said is spot on because this is where podcasting, like the format's not always the best or it's just the the audio medium. But yeah, definitely go check this guy out, Christian Rose on Instagram, Facebook, it, Twitter. He's he's all at ChristianRose.com. ChristianRoseRacing.com. Yeah. ChristianRoseRacing.com. Go check out that. You got to see this car. It is beautiful. I mean, it's a stock car with that has the it's it's the entire outline of the car it says almost heaven west virginia on it i mean the sticker is sick i mean it's um it really is beautiful so and we're so, like, well, hold on we'll don't spoil, spoil things man. No, i want to spoil, spoil it i want to spoil it why do you spoil it's, everything what it's you, big what? news it's Wait. big news i mean he What's said send it out yeah we we gotta get it to him man don't, don't I, I think spoil we'll something that's not gonna happen we gotta do it first man we gotta do it first anyway well, yes stick around we talk about that would be insane cooper a uh, couple of news worthy notes that uh we should drop before we get into the episode one maybe some of you were listening and wondering well i thought today was gonna be the grave diggers of moundsville part two well, it was supposed to be, but it did not happen this week. couple of technical difficulties, and we are pushing that back to next week. So Gravediggers of Moundsville dropping next week. 
And yeah, that's pretty much it. We're, we're also working on, Mason Jack, our executive producer, is now working on another story that we're going to also turn into another audio format piece like the Gravediggers episode and maybe even do some video and behind the scenes stuff in terms of like, uh, I, I, I don't know, we're, we're, we're talking about different ideas of how to incorporate uh, several mediums to tell this story, but Mason's working on another story that we'll, we'll spoil, not spoil, but we'll, uh, we'll drop here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, Gravediggers of Mountville Part 2 coming out next week, and Cooper, Almost Heaven Classic update, you got any news that you want to share with us about what people need to know, or maybe like a sponsor if they want to in, get, you know, get invested with us. Absolutely. Almost Heaven Classic, guys. You know the drill. It's Friday, June 9th and 10th in Canaan. Right now on our website, mountaineermedia.org, we've got a full transparency breakdown of what it would be like to be a sponsor of the Almost Heaven Classic. Uh, if you're listening, you're like, I mean, I want to golf in that. Not quite yet. We have not opened uh, registration for the golf team, per se. Keep uh, keep checking in on that. We hope to have that open and maybe We're like a month or two. We're not paying for it yet, but if you go to the website, you can tell us that you're interested in that and then you're going to be the first that's how you get on that email list mm -hmm. of hey when registration is open for payment you're going to be emailed a link to do all of that stuff and so mm -hmm. that's the best way to do it go to mountaineermedia.org sign up and tell us if you're interested in the friday and saturday event right now you don't have to pay anything this is just like your rsvp more or less and then we're going to email you back when registration opens yeah. yep Toss your name on there. If you want to be a sponsor, we do have a lot of packages left. We've got beverage cart closer to the pen. If you want to be a higher level sponsor uh, for your business or organization, reach out to us. We're we're making we're signing new deals every week for this. Um, we're super stoked. So yeah, jump over there. We have a whole page breakdown on it. Um, you know, and the stuff that maybe we can mention real quick. The stuff that that gets you pod reads. That's going to get you some advertisement at the Almost Heaven Classic, and uh, you know just social media posts so you're going to get the full level of attention that we can give from golf passes a full team exactly and so you know sponsorships more than just you know saying you're slapping your name on this thing it's like you're, you're getting tangible things in return mm -hmm. um so yeah definitely worth checking out if you're interested in doing that and we hope that you do we hope that you do because sponsors make things happen as we've learned and people you know Getting uh, connecting with small businesses to help us, and if we can help them, then it's a win-win for everybody. So that's mm -hmm. just pretty much how it works. So. Check it out, guys. Yep, and not super superficial. We do have a live event in the works later this fall, uh, potentially in Charleston. Um, CJ doesn't like spoilers, apparently, so I will and I'm, not. I'm about spoilers. I, not, I just want to make sure that say... it's going to happen first. That's all, man. We will this think one I'm happen. more comfortable with. I'm more comfortable with saying that this is going to happen. Anything's possible in West Virginia. You can will your way into uh, with the good support of our. Just West don't lie, man. I don't want to tell people get people hopes up and then like let them down. That's all, man. I, that's that's it, man. That's it. But so this coming event, up, yeah, this event is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Coming up soon, a live event. We're, like we said, we're going to do more uh, live events, happy hours, meetups. We're trying to interact and bring attention to the state in different dynamic ways. So keep on the radar or keep that on your radar, guys. Um, yeah, Christian was awesome. Hopefully you guys enjoy this episode with uh, yeah. Christian Rose. It's gonna uh, be great. Let's get to it right now. does not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. 
All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Mountaineer Media Podcast. What's going on, Christian? How are you, man? Good morning. Good. How are you guys doing? Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. We are yeah, pumped to have absolutely. you on, TJ. Good morning, man. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Yeah, Christian, it's it's been a busy couple of days for you. You were uh, just in Cincinnati. Um, did your jersey, they gave you a Cincinnati Reds jersey you threw out the first pitch. Did it say Rose on the back? So, no, I uh, I got a Joey Votto jersey. That's oh, okay, so, okay, right, okay. If, if it wasn't going to be Rose, I'm glad it was a Votto one because uh, <laughs> as a baseball fan, cool to have the future Hall of Famer uh, as a backup. Well, yeah. I was going to say, that's not the only Rose red jersey yeah, anyway. No. So, uh, you know, probably, <laughs> probably, you know, I didn't even think about that. That might be the reason. I'm not in <laughs> yeah, Maybe not. They retired that name. Yeah. <laughs> they said, can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. We'll, we'll get to, like, the, the – Arca stuff, but man, tell us uh, just about that event. How cool of an event! I mean, not everybody gets to throw out a first pitch, and that's you did it at a big league game. That's sick. Yeah, I mean, it's a very cool opportunity. We're we're reaching, trying to find every avenue we can to promote tourism, and that was one of them. Um, and as being a former college baseball player who wanted to be a professional baseball player, I, I didn't make it to the mound as a professional player, but I got to do it as a driver. So that opportunity alone was just an absolute dream come true. And then to represent West Virginia tourism, and, and we had a ton of people coming up to us uh, after we threw the pitch about it. So it was very, very cool for that opportunity. Wait, just to follow up, how does that work? So like you're you're in Cincinnati, repping West Virginia tourism, but then do people come up? They were asking like, "Yo, what's West Virginia about?" or anything like that. How did those conversations go? Yeah, we. I mean, we've had people all over the country. It's crazy everywhere we go. West Virginia's been such a popular sponsor for us, and and people are. I guess since being so close to West Virginia, we had a lot of mm-hmm. people excited about what we're doing, and then talking about the racing side and West Virginia and everything all together. So it's very very cool. So awesome. folks, those things. You're a race car driver, right? You race. You literally race cars, and your your lead sponsor, is it correct, is West Virginia Tourism. So that's kind of like what we're hitting at. You go around the country in these races, but you're also repping West Virginia Tourism. Is that right? One hundred percent right. Uh, we, we race anywhere from Las Vegas to Daytona, um, up and down the East Coast and the West Coast, and uh, our primary sponsor is the Department of West Virginia Tourism. And uh, in doing that, we've already reached 15 million people viewership in the uh, first half. And that's analytics from TV, from social media, from yeah. racetrack uh, audience, uh, everything we do on that front. So um, very, very cool. Uh, not, not a lot of people, you know, get the opportunity to represent their home state and live a dream. And I get to do both of them. So that's a uh, very cool. Deal. Yeah, you're almost like a, yeah, like a traveling ambassador. Who was that? Your idea was it their idea? Was it kind of a meeting of the minds to be like, okay, this guy's going to be all over the country. It's kind of a perfect fit to yep. to storytell about West Virginia. How did like how did it come about? Yeah, I mean, it's it kind of was an in between thing. Uh, we brought it to them. They they liked it. We went to back and forth on it, kind of making some tweaks on the uh, adjustments for what we wanted to do. Um, but once we brought a package showing basically what we're going to be able to bring to the state, it was uh uh put together and for me i think it was a no-brainer for our side because this amount of people we're going to reach and how much like like the tractor trailer alone uh driving around west virginia all over it it's pretty much a moving billboard across the country and then the race car at the racetrack uh we're on fox sports one for a lot of these races and then all the races that we don't run on fox sports one get re-aired on usa so everything we do is ends up on nationally televised so you're in the arca racing series correct that is correct. Yeah, yes. Part of maybe you can explain just like what ARCA the ARCA series yeah. is to people. Yeah, so ARCA is uh a NASCAR feeder series. It mm-hmm. used to be its own series and then NASCAR bought it a couple of years ago. So we have 
basically when you look at baseball, there's A ball, double A, triple, all the way up to the pros. We are basically what the A ball is of NASCAR. Gotcha. Yeah, and then, true. you know, you feed into the trucks and everything else. And everything that's cool about ARCA is it's nationally televised. <clears throat> like I said, whether it's re-aired on USA or live on FS1. And then, you know, we have opportunities for like live and car cameras and stuff like that. So um, it's a very aggressive series. There's a lot of rookies. There's a lot of people trying to make their name. So it's very tough on the uh, attrition because you you got every, you're you're there to make your name right so right. if you don't perform it's it's tough so these guys are fighting for everything they can to get to the next level and continue on i mean Jeez. is it is it pretty cutthroat when it comes oh, down yeah. to it i mean it's yeah the no sport's different very, than any other sport right yes so we rolled out on we had a very fast car at pocono we were anywhere from six to eighth place car out of 28 we rolled on the track for practice the other day my <clears throat> owner was yelling at me because the 57 was the se- second slowest car in the racetrack and we rolled up behind them i was just be nice, you know, trying to, you know, get, let him get a lap in before I try to get around him. And he's screaming at me. He's like, nobody's going to give you anything. Get the hell around him. And, you know, <laughs> it was just frustrating on my part. I should have gone right away. But he's, I, I expected him to pull over because he was so slow to just let me go. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, nobody's going to give you a thing on the racetrack. He said, you're not Tony Stewart or Jeff Gordon yet. He said, they don't care who you are. It's, there ain't you know, no shit, man. Yeah, this isn't West Virginia. <laughs> they're they're not pulling go. over. <laughs> so, so wait a second. I mean, so we'll clearly we'll get to some of the more cool the West Virginia stuff. I'd love to kind of talk about you grew up in West Virginia, up in the Eastern Panhandle, and whatnot. But I'm kind of, I mean, I've literally never talked to anybody involved in racing. I'm kind of fascinated. Like you said that, like you almost knew that that was the slowest car. So is that done because of like the pre-race like timing? So you kind of almost like, and you said you had a fast car that race, meaning <laughs> like you knew everything was kind of clicking at that point. Like how much? I guess if you could help us understand, like how much does a car change race to race? Is it depending on like the engine, the location, the weather and all that type of stuff? Yeah. I mean, uh, all great questions. Great questions. Um, so we knew he was one of the slowest cars on the racetrack and it's nothing to slate him or anything, but we, you get practice time. So we, we had a test day the day before and all the technology and everything involved in NASCAR. Now we know who's fast, like who has the best five lap, 10 lap, 15 lap average, you know, all that good stuff. Um, new tires make a car faster. So you put, so we call them sticker tires and they're worth mm. a lot of speed on the racetrack, but you can go down through a board and see who's fast, but um, every racetrack's different. So, and like you're saying with the weather, you know, not a lot of people have asked me that. That's, that's an incredible question. We have times on the racetrack where there will be a cloud that comes over top of the racetrack and everybody will be trying to go out and make their qualifying time, you know, in practice or however they have it set up for that weekend. Because that cloud cover is the difference in like two to three tenths on the racetrack. No It'll pull the track off for that split second to go make a lap. Um, so there's there's always guys, crew chiefs playing games and watching the clouds and watching <laughs> everything else and watching temperatures to try to make that run. And then a motor can only go to like, you know, 250 where you're really starting to push it. So you got to be very careful and not overheating and, and obviously outside temps and everything kind of show how much you can get away with that stuff. The, the races early in the season, later in the season are better as a driver. Because it's not as hot in a race car. It's still hot. It's probably about, you know, 100 degrees in there. Our Man. summer months, it's about 130, 135 in there, and it's not too fun. Holy shit. How do you, I mean, how do you even survive 135 <laughs> degrees? I feel like it's that's tough. Like... I mean, you got a helmet hose hooked up, and that's about all you got. And that's hooked up to the outside of the car. So the air coming past the car sucks in the race car and goes on top of your helmet. Um, that's wow. about all we get. So outside of that, it's, it's a lot of training. That's why people are always like, oh, you know, you guys just go in a circle. I was like, okay. Hop in, try it out. Let me know what you think. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So maybe even go inside the car a little bit for us too, because we know that you, you're not listening to music. <laughs> no. You know, but like how, how often are you communicating with your team? I mean, is it like 
there's always communication going on or is it are there ever times where it's literally just you focused in on what's in front of you nobody talking to you it's literally just <clears> you <throat> looking forward and, and staying focused on what's ahead yeah and another great question on racing side uh so we have a spotter um basically i i got taught at my first race a couple of years ago never look in your mirror as a driver if you look in the mirror he told me we'll rip it out so <laughs> <laughs> I learned real quick that's not how it works. So the spotter is basically your eyes on top of the racetrack. So when we're starting on the restart, he he calls everything. Like basically we dive off in the corner. He's like, you got two outside hanging. And he'll say door, if they're on your door, quarter, clear. And when he says clear, you can get up and do whatever you want. Wow. He'll tell me, he'll count me down and say, there's a guy faster. He's three back, two back, one back, looking inside, quarter, quarter, door, still there, and then clear. That's kind of like, give you a rundown wow. how it is. And then my crew chief would be asking, okay, what's water temps like? What are your oil temps? You know, checking all that stuff, uh, asking me how the car is handling. A lot of drivers don't like when you're in clean air, you know, there's nobody really around you, people talking to them. And then a lot of drivers prefer to have somebody talking to them the whole time. I'm one of those guys in between. Um, if I'm trying to chase a guy down, I don't really want to be talked to. But if we're, you know, in clean air, we got some time, ask me how the car is and stuff like that. We can prepare to get adjustments set up for the next pit stop. Damn, wow. that's crazy. Yeah, I that's mean, insane. is it just like pure, like adrenaline too? You're in there. I mean, is it oh, just yeah. like the most thrilling? Like, I mean, for you, is it like super, super loud? Or is it? do you have like kind of noise canceling? Like, does your helmet kind of cancel out some of that noise? Or can you still feel like it's like super loud in there? It's still really loud. Um, I've not met a person in racing that doesn't get the 60 and have some hearing problems. Um, <laughs> it's uh, the earbuds kind of help and help, helps drown it out. But I had a, we hit the fence actually at, in a, in a late model race a couple months ago. It was November. Yeah. Um, and we still finished 12th, but when we smacked it off the fence, the headers got bent up into the, um, basically the cabin of the race car. So every time I got on the, on the throttle, it would just scream inside the car. So Jeez. it took me a couple of weeks in the right side of, uh, of my ear to really get my hearing fully back from that. But it's, <laughs> you're not going to stop it. You, you know, you stay racing, you stay going, but it, it, it definitely sucked. <laughs> There's no way Same, around that. So you've been banged up. A couple of times once how many wrecks have you been in on the track actually the you know we haven't wrecked a lot but uh i would say fourth of July weekend this is my hardest hit a couple weeks ago uh we were running six which was the most unfortunate thing out of a 25 car field dang probably gonna run fifth and the seven car blew a motor in front of us and he just stopped right in the middle of the racetrack and we were the first ones to hit the oil on the racetrack and there's when you hit oil, it's basically like hitting ice. Like there's nothing you can do on those flat, hot tires. Um, slammed into him, backed it in the fence, and then the car behind me slammed into me. So that was a tough hit. But outside of that, I mean, we, we've been very fortunate not to uh, hit a lot of stuff yet. Um, I've been in my fair share of wrecks, but nothing crazy. That was definitely the first one that was like, wow, that one. That yeah. one hurt. So. And I know we're just like, we're just peppering you with questions. Hopefully you're enjoying Oh, no this. worries. I, I love it. You know, this is what I love to do. I love the race. So any questions yeah. on it? West Virginia, you throw that in there. I mean, it's yeah. just yeah, cool. man. yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, so how'd you get into it? So, I mean, you know, I'm just reading about your body. You grew up <clears> in Martinsburg, right? A family farm, third, you know, third generation. So you were, did you grow up kind of need for speed, kind of loving racing type stuff? Or you said you played baseball and how did it kind of merge into being a race car driver? Yeah. So, uh, I, I hate to tell my mom out here. Um, somebody who, <laughs> who's a judge, uh, <laughs> screw up. Uh, we, we, on the farm, it's basically a back road and she had a 1990 Corvette. And she was always late for everything. She still is. Uh, and as a kid, she would throw me in the car and come through the gears and everything. Very cool to have a mom that can drive stick. 
But she would come through the gear and then be Bobby Allison or, or the guys that she used to watch driving. And that's, that's badass, I mean. yeah. It's like my mom so, drives a Corvette with a stick, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty dang cool, right? Um, no, that's that's where it came from, her ripping down the road, uh, unfortunately. And, and she used to have a lot of tickets back in the day. That was not a – yeah, I remember the cops used to sit on our road and wait for her because how fast she drove. So um, <laughs> They knew she was an easy ticket. Each they, month they, they could get her. She supported they the local so county revenue. They'd sell her out on that front. But that's where that's where it came from. But where it really, you know, started for me was there, I was a diehard Jeff Gordon fan and we had a remote in my living room. And it was uh, one of the old Rainbow Warrior remotes. And I picked it up as a kid and nobody in my family was a race fan or anything like that. And I was flipping through the channels and, and it's cool to see NASCAR back on USA now because that's what it was on when I was a kid. And I put the remote to the car on TV and just fell in love with it. So um, found an early love for racing. And then I was playing baseball. And I think I was about nine or 10. And I snuck into the garage area of Daytona. And I met uh, BJ McLeod, who owns a cup team and a city team. And I had asked him, like, you know, what's it take for somebody to get as a driver? And I come home all excited, tell mom, and she's like, no, you're going to finish baseball, you're going to school, you're going to get your degree, you're going to do what we're, we've been working on. Because mm-hmm. I loved baseball at the time. And, you know, we're that's when baseball comes to an end in 2018. And I'm sitting on the couch and we're watching a race uh, in my apartment. I'm like, you know, I really think that was where we would have made some noise. Hmm. Like, well, why don't you call BJ back and see if that offer's still on the table? And I did. And basically it was an offer from BJ, like, look, We'll get you a suit. We'll get you a helmet. You can put it in your office one day. It's something you'll never do, but it'll be cool to see you drive a race car. I'm like, okay. And I, I knew the whole time. I'm like, you know, I'm going to prove you wrong. So we go down there. They brought Matt Tift out, who was fifth in the t- points at the time in the Xfinity Series, and we run about three-tenths off his time. And they ripped the window net down. They're like, you've never driven anything in your life. And I was like, no. And they pretty much threw a contract at the window. Cooper, you know they say variety is the spice of life. And Ray's Rub, it only makes sense, has 21 mouth-watering herbs and spices. Talk about variety. 21, man, that's uh, you, you can't beat that. And when it comes to seasoning your meats and veggies, Ray's Rub is certainly the way to go. Absolutely. And guys, it can be applied to anything. If you go to RaysRub.com or shop on Amazon, you can get a bottle of Ray's Rub. We had the founder, Brody Prudnick, on the podcast. It's an awesome story. His father, his late father, started this business and Brody is carrying it on. Ray's Rub can be applied to anything, right? Beef, chicken, wild game, casserole, stew. The list goes on and on. It's your call. They promise that once you try it, it's going to be the only seasoning that you want to buy. RaysRub.com cj when i needed an engagement ring i knew it was important to me that i shop at a west virginia business so i checked out calvin broils in charleston and they blew me away they are west virginia's only third generation family owned and operated jewelry business and they continue to honor their traditions of security confidence and guidance when helping folks pick out jewelry gifts in the great state of west virginia Yeah, and you don't have to be just in Charleston to find them. They do have their location in the capital city, but they're also in Taze Valley and Beckley. You can also find them at calvinbroils.com. That's calvinbroils.com. 
so then so then instantly you're i'm sure you're kind of like hooked like i'm sure it's like you know sort of like i'm a big golf fan like i kind of mm-hmm. understand the dynamics of like trying to make it up the different tours trying to like get on the money list eventually you get a pga right. tour card is that similar to racing like are you is it a matter of like how many top tens top fives and does that like keep bumping you up into the next like quote-unquote like series or how does it like what's your goal each week is it oh, obviously maybe to win but you kind of know it's like all right i'm inching towards you know having a good season on this one yeah yeah i mean it's that's actually i'm glad you're golfing because it's very comparable right that mm-hmm. the the way sponsors dollars and everything work in golf and, and racing are very similar it's the same concept of you're trying to do the best you can like for our goals we rolled into the season it's like look you know we're, we we have raw speed. We, we do very well. We we ran two races last year. We finished tenth of Vegas, where we should have run seventh, and we ran seventh at Roseville, where we had a chance to actually win the race at the end if it were to stay green. My second ever race is like, but we're gonna go to some big tracks, some fast race tracks like Michigan, Daytona, Pocono, places that are very high speed. Yep. Our goal is to run all the laps. If we get top tens out of that, top fives, that's great. But run all the laps is what every rookie's preached in NASCAR to learn because it's, you know, you're racing against these guys that have been on the racetrack these tracks 20 years 15 years um so there's veterans that there that know every inch of those racetracks so learn as much as you can be a sponge mm. and if the results come on top of that that's awesome mm. but a complete great year for us this year is run as many laps as possible and just learn so going into the next year we can attack these racetracks and go fight for those top fives and wins so uh the the way you climb the series on on the other part of your question is basically there's guys that have stupid talent Kyle Larson is one of those guys you know, the Jeff Gordon's and all this world, and it's very hard, but you get signed and picked up. But the, mm-hmm. you, you got to show those, you know, show that speed and talent. And then obviously, the better you finish, the more you attract sponsors and everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's the other way is to feed your way up into the series. So there's really two ways that the first way I explained is very, very tough. There's very few drivers that are that talented that basically sign a contract and they, they don't have any sponsor dollars. The team brings it for them. Mm-hmm. The 95 percentile of all the other drivers are you, you basically feeds all the sponsor dollars. Yeah. So um, you you take that contract and then tourism office reaches out to you. It, how does that? How do you end up connecting with you know getting the tourism office as your sponsor? Yeah, it was just a matter of state calling, uh, yeah. calling and calling, calling, and finally you know making one. Con- it, this was like a three year process for us really? to, to try to call and talk and you know get shut down and it, it's it's crazy how all the stuff comes together. So it's meet one person, then meet another person, and then yeah. finally it all. Yeah came together after a couple of years and, and was able to piece together. Um, but it, it's just constantly email and calling and email and calling. And that's, that's what I do. Like when we get off this meeting, I will sit up here and I will put together more numbers of everything we've done for the season and just call and go to the race shop in the afternoon. And that's kind of how a daily day works for a NASCAR driver. It's constantly trying to, wow. It's a full-time job. Yeah. yeah. It's a full-time job. Yeah. It's like you're a PR person. You're, you're marketing yourself. You're talking with your teammates. It's a whole team. Exactly. You're yeah. one of the few people I've actually had say that and actually understand that's what it is because now everybody's like, Oh, you just drive a car. I'm like, you have to be a, I tell people all the time in this sport nowadays, you need to have a full-time business degree, but that's what it is. You have to have right. a suit and tie on Monday through Friday and then a driver's suit on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I, believe, I mean, and I can imagine, you know, it's like the, the eyeballs you have on you, the following that stuff influences the attention your team gets the amount of i'm sure resources and whatnot i mean not to liken you to jake paul the celebrity boxer but like <laughs> yeah. he's kind of been criticized you know or just like because he's 
come at boxing in a traditional or in a non-traditional but route. He's a marketer, but, but he's a marketer. Yeah. He understands yeah. eyeballs and dollars and cents. I'm sure there's some degree of that. It's like, hey, if you get some some fans, some passion, some interest in you, yeah. that can't yeah. help. That can't hurt. Absolutely. But you know, help your cause, right? A- absolutely, and that's that's the crazy thing. That's what I love about having West Virginia. West Virginia is actually one of the most popular racing states for a fan base in the whole absolutely. country. Absolutely. So we were at Pocono. It's weird for me because I've never, like, I played college baseball and I played. Yeah. I never had people screaming my name as just like. <laughs> right. So like we we walk out of the garage area and there's a whole group of people and they were all from West Virginia screaming our name and it was a very surreal so moment, cool. very very humble moment. That like, wow, this is pretty dang cool. But yeah. that's starting to build up and you're starting to, and especially around the racetracks around. But where we actually get the most pull for West Virginia, the, the fan base is crazy. It's actually, on the West Coast. We've really? had we go to Vegas and we go to LA. The amount of people I've had come up singing country roads or yelling stuff oh, like sick. that. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like it's a full countrywide, you know, deal that people recognize West Virginia, which is really, really cool. We actually had people tagging us in Arizona when our driver was our tractor trailer was going through um Arizona to go to California cool. a couple weeks ago. Well, so because so, West Virginians like, you know, it's like if you're outside of the state and you see anything related to West Virginia, you're like, Oh my god, like exactly. West Virginia, like where are you from? I went to here. Oh, you know this person. And odds are you probably know like one you of know their friends something. or their uncle yes. went to school with you or something like that. Absolutely. That's the cool thing about our state, and that's what I love about our state is that if you see somebody from West Virginia outside, I'm the same way. If I see somebody wearing a WVU hat or anything around the state or a Marshall hat or anything else, you're immediately going up. The next thing you know, you're in a 35 minute conversation about uh-huh. sports, about yeah. where you grew up, and you know, that's that's the beautiful thing about our state, and that's what I love about it. So let's back up a little bit. What high school did you go to? I went to Martinsburg. Okay. So I went to the sports the sports teams for 2013 through. I graduated in 13, so I was there in the 10 through 13. So I was there for all those football teams and basketball teams and all that good stuff. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's, a, that's like, well, hell, when did we graduate, CJ? We graduated. We, we graduated from 13 and 13 from Capitol High School in Charleston. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah we're pretty much right on the uh, – so We were right there with you guys. You guys were battling path. us. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely. Well, I was going to say, I didn't know if maybe you went to Jefferson with Coach John Lowry and, and your baseball Played against them. Played yeah. against him. Son was actually my JV coach, um, or actually our varsity coach my first year, and then he left. But he was our uh, – we were tied in with the Lowry's right away. Yep. Yeah, uh, so what – the, the big question is, how does baseball transfer to racing? What skills, soft and hard skills, transfer to racing? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's more the mental thing than anything else, the part of being an athlete. Because when, when I went to college and played and, and everything else, my coaches, we had a guy named Coach West. Um, he played at college at Charleston. He was a very hard-nosed, old-school baseball coach. But he was, thirty, I think, 33 to 35, somewhere in there when he was with me. And uh, he was – don't feel, there was no feeling sorry for yourself. There was no, if you had a bad day, you sat you on the bench. And it was like, you're going to sit on the bench for three days until you can figure it out. And then you get another shot, but it's not like, you know, it's not going to come up, pat you on the back, tell you, you know, everything's good. Like that's the kind of coaching I went through in college. So like playing that and, and going through all the training, we got up at 4.30 in the morning to uh, work out, go right in the morning practice, eat breakfast and go to class. And then afternoon practice, by the time you get home, it's seven o'clock in the afternoon or, or, or in the evening and then you're doing homework and then right back in the going to sleep before you and practice again. So I think all those things piling up the mental side and, and what it takes to be an athlete at a high level is what translated, translated into NASCAR for me and racing um, of just the approach and how you go into a weekend. I think okay. all those things help a lot. Are there other drivers that 
also played a different sport in college? I mean, at, at a high level? I mean, I, I almost just like assume like the traditional route is you, you start on a dirt track or kind of like a smaller mm-hmm. local track and then you kind of, you know, you build confidence yeah. and you're way up. But then here's a former college baseball player that's now turned into, uh, you know, yeah. Marcus Series uh, rookie uh, coming up the ladder. Like that's a that's a sick, a sick storyline. But does that even happen very often? It doesn't happen very often, but, you know, we have a NASCAR is very sports tied in. Right. Yeah. Um, we have Michael Jordan as a team owner now. Uh, we have sure. Joe Gibbs, okay. three time uh, champ. We have Michael or Floyd Mayweather as an owner. We have Emmett Smith as an owner. Uh, all these guys are in the last year really coming into sport. But you see a lot of the pit crew guys, right? Like a lot of these guys that are high in pit crew guys are former Division One baseball, basketball, football players. And we actually in NASCAR recruit for those guys. Um the guys that are very good at their sport but are not going to go pro, they're like right on the edge. And then they get recruited to come into these big teams and train, and, and they fall in love with it because they still get to compete yeah. and do, yeah. you know, carry that college aspect in. But there's only one driver I can remember. I'm sure there's more, but Michael Annette um, was a college hockey player. He's oh, the only cool. other one that I can think of right now that actually played a college sport that's racing now. So. What's um? So is there? Is, my understanding is there like a team aspect as well? Because like I mean, are or is it just you on the race at all times, or is you like another racer on the track with you ever, or is it just you like single? Or do some people sometimes have like three or four of the same guys on the track at the same time? Yeah. So like the bigger teams, Venerini, uh, that they, they always bring three to four cars to a race. Joe Gibbs will bring two cars. And, are, and these, these, I'm talking for the Arca series, the bigger teams, there's always three to four cars on track. So you have teammates to lean off of. We have one, uh, we, we have the 17 car and, uh, it's a different driver a lot of times that when we race with, but the mm-hmm. majority of the time it's Amber Slagle and she's raced her whole life. She's from Michigan. So she's very good when we go to the racetrack. It's awesome for me to have her because when I'm you know, not hitting a corner right or something doesn't feel right. I go to her and I'm like, look, like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what's going on. What are you doing here? And I can lean off her and vice versa. Like if I'm faster then she can come over and be like, look, like what, what can I do that you're doing? It's making you so help bad. each other. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's like uh, the slingshot from uh, Talladega. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Very close. Uh, yeah, honestly, does that dynamic exist? Is that real? Yeah. Is that real? Yeah. Like, is there like when you're racing for a company like a Joe Gibbs, like, is there a one and a two? Does that dynamic exist? I want to say yes and no for the majority. No. But uh, if you're coming down in later in the season and it's, you know, in the playoffs and it's, it's a close deal and the other drivers not in the playoffs, you know, you're going to, get out of that guy's way yeah, or try to help you. them as much as you can. That's where the um, teammate aspect does come into play too. Right. But yeah. at the end of the day, everybody still wants to win the race, right? Absolutely. So it, it comes an aspect of teammates really until about 25 to go. And then 25 to go, it's all hats off. Yeah. So it's pretty much <laughs> that's like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how it works. Like I know Austin Sindrick this year, he, he didn't get in trouble because he won the Daytona 500, but it would have been an interesting story if he did not, or Penske did not, because he did not help his teammate out in the mm. Daytona 500. He was a rookie. And he yeah. won the Daytona 500 as rookie, which is a huge deal. But, you know, he said the moment he made a move and, and you know, kind of pissed Blaney off in the duel, he said, why did I do that? And then they go into the race and they, then he didn't push Blaney. He went around them for the win. But it's the Daytona 500, so that's what you're going to do, right? But if Penske did not win those races, it's interesting to see what would have come about that, you know, mm-hmm. not working together. But what it really you see in the sport is the forward camp will – you know, I'm talking more on the Cup Series side here. Ford will pull their drivers aside, and Chevy will pull their guys and Toyota. And it's pretty much you are going to work with nothing but Ford and Chevy. You're going if you help a Ford, then you're going to be in trouble. So it's pretty much like hmm. manufacturers yeah. are trying to keep their stuff together, working together. 
God, that's funny. That's pretty sweet. Um, I just tying it back to West Virginia. I mean, is it true that I mean there's some roots of like bootlegging and whatnot tied to racing, right? I mean, it doesn't a lot yeah. of racing like origins tie into like having a fast car to escape the police for bootlegging. It's like, is there anything that I guess you're aware of that, or is that how is that like an urban legend, or is that pretty true? Or no, that's exactly how the sport started. I'm not kidding when I say that is how NASCAR started was bootleggers souping their cars up to get away from the cops. That's how. <laughs> And, and then it's like, okay, back then it's like my car sashing your car. And then it turned into let's put it on a racetrack yeah, and see what we can do. So that's exactly funny. how NASCAR formed. So West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, you know, right Thank in that central rolling, area. Yeah. It's where, you know, everybody's running moonshine back at the time. And that's exactly where NASCAR was born. In those routes. That's if interesting. You can, if you can drive through these mountains, you can drive anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. There might be some OGs still in West Virginia, maybe that uh, have family that you know can mm-hmm. remember times souping up cars. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I um, mean, uh, I know you know Petty has a little bit of West Virginia ties. Richard, Richard Petty does, and then uh, Ryan Blaney, the guy I was talking to, I know his dad, Dave. Like they're from Ohio, but they actually have family on the border in West Virginia. So I know Blaney okay. spends a lot of his off season sometimes post on yeah. social media in West Virginia. Who else do you have relationships with, maybe at the NASCAR level in particular? Uh, like friends wise, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dakota Radcliffe, who is sons with, uh, Jason Radcliffe, we're pretty good friends. Um, Jason's one of the head crew chiefs, been with Kyle Bush, Denny Hamlin, a lot of these guys. Noah Gregson, who drives a nine car. Uh, we, we've hung out a couple of times. I like Noah a lot. Um, and then I, I personally, like, you, you know, it's not like you are best friends with these guys, but in and out of shop, like Josh Berry was in and out of our shop this year. Uh, Zane Smith is a guy that's been in and out of our shop uh tyler ankrum you go down through a list of all these guys are xfinity winners you know truck winners uh yeah. you know we, i was hanging out with boston hill and those guys uh with the spire truck this weekend um so it, it's hard too because as somebody that used to be a fan to separate like oh my god that's so and so and i watched you my whole life but i yeah. also have to do the business side and not be the fan so it's crazy to try to separate and put that together of business to what you used to be as a fan yeah, this man. is a, a bit of my ignorance <clears throat> when it comes to just like history of NASCAR, but West Virginians have somebody that you can pick in every sport and be like, that's the best West Virginian in that sport. But like, are you getting to the point where like you're the most notable West Virginian to climb the ranks in this series and through NASCAR or like who are other West Virginians maybe that are if they've even sniffed the spot yeah. that you're in? Yeah. I mean, I think we're becoming the most recognizable right now. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. It's very, very cool to have that. To be the first, I, I you know, I haven't really done a lot of research in history, but I've been a fan my whole life. I've never heard of it. So I want to yeah. do a little research, but I want to be, if, the, if it's possible, the first West Virginia champion, the first to win a race, the first to, at, at every level, that is my goal, is to bring West Virginia. And, and you know how West Virginians take to everything. Like, for WVU and Marshall, like, those are, like, we, oh, that's yeah. it. That's what we got. We, we're diehards over that, right? And then we have Brad Paisley, who we, we go nuts every time we hear Brad Paisley on the radio. Like, mm-hmm. we take to our celebrities out of West Virginia. I'm not saying that we are celebrity, but I would love to bring West Virginia to where if we win a race, Chase Elliott has the Dawson Pool Hall, mm-hmm. where they light that up and they go nuts. And that's been since his dad. I would love to have Country Roads as our thing. Like, we win a race. I want, want to be able to say cue it up and that's what we do is just blast country race we want to race like same thing same idea like that's that's goals of what i would like to bring to the sport of nascar yeah, yeah that's a that's beautiful right there cross the checkered flag and then they start queuing country that's, that's roads wanna, man that's a beautiful sentiment the right there like boys queue it up let's have a beer tonight like that's that's what i want to be like pulling the victory lane with it just blasting is, is well, my goal 
I think it's just like West Virginians, we have, you know, a, a healthy chip on our shoulder because of all the stereotypes and stuff. It's like, I think when West Virginia, like you said, like we take to people that are, if you know, in the national spotlight or something, because it's like, hey, yeah, like we're right up there with everybody, right? Like, and even right. on this podcast, we've, you know, been fortunate to have some great folks on and identify that, wait a second, like West Virginians are leading business. We're leading innovation. There's CEOs everywhere. I mean, we, West Virginians are everywhere leading industries and you could tie it a lot back to- Especially our, in Africa. Athletics as well. Athletics, Absolutely. coaching, business. Like, and it, I think it all ties back to people, relationships, community, hard work, work ethic, like all of that. And it's just cool to see, like, it almost just feel, makes, like, the, like you said, the whole state proud when you kind of can yeah. relate to it. So it's pretty neat that you kind of found yourself in that position racing the, you know, the almost heaven car. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a dream come true. Like I said, to have, you know, it's a dream to race regardless. But the, if I could pick a sponsor, like handpick one, there's not a better one to represent my home state. Like there straight mm -hmm. up is not another way I would want to do it. Mm -hmm. Evan Bertoni, the guy that used to be, uh, he was like a manager for me for a little while and then we played college baseball. He came down. He's like, I wish we, this is a guy out of Boston. Now, you know how Bostoners are. They, they love their sports. They're, they're very prideful in everything they do. But he came down to West Virginia and said, I wish our state, not talking about Massachusetts, had the pool that you guys have. Because he's like, yeah. everybody in West Virginia, wherever we go, like he sees somebody, he'd point out country like a, West Virginia logo or something like mm -hmm. that. And he's like, I wish he's a Boston. It's like, oh, you're from Boston, whatever. Like, cool. right. But, you know, like he said, you guys see each other. He, and that's an outsider that I've had in the state a lot that recognize that. And it's very freaking cool that people can see that. And like you said, it's like, we want to share a message of, you know, the stereotype is not what we're about. We have a right. ton going on in our state. It's an amazing state. Our tourism numbers are the highest they've ever been. We're bringing people in. There's a ton of things to do in our state. We have business leaders, we have athletes, we have everything from the top to the bottom. And it's trying to share that message. Like I'm very prideful in that. And there's a lot of people that I don't think understand that. And that's very yeah. something along the message we're trying to share. Yeah. That's sweet, Mas man. NASCAR in itself is kind of beating stereotypes as well. Exactly. Right? Yes. So it, it kind of goes twofold. It's hand in hand with what you're doing, right? Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's NASCAR is very everybody's like, Oh, you know, you just guys go in a circle and then the redneck stereotype and everything else. Are we very country? 100%. And I am born and raised that way. I, mm -hmm. I, I believe in that. But I also, the, the, there's a business aspect of it. Everybody in NASCAR is, it's not just, you know, what what everybody thinks of it on the outside. It's a very popular inside deal. And I think you're seeing what F1 does and everything else. I think NASCAR yep. started to grain the fan base. And that's what NASCAR is trying to do is push. We're seeing the street course come to Chicago. It's so cool, man. Yeah. Very cool. And they're trying to reach new audiences and branch out. And I love mm -hmm. that because fans that are seeing it for the first time are becoming huge fans. One of my huge goals in this sport in the next 20 years, if I can say, if I'm fortunate enough to stay in it, is to bring a NASCAR race to West Virginia. That is one of my things that I want to do so bad, whether it's in the Eastern Panhandle, Charleston, whatever we can do. One of my huge goals is to be able to bring that and say that we made that happen. Are there yeah. tracks in West Virginia that would be able to there, – there's no track in West Virginia currently that would be able to suffice. Summit points the one right now, I'd say, in the Eastern Panhandle. Okay, it could host gotcha. a road course race. Uh, <clears throat> there's, there's obviously a lot of tracks in West Virginia, but I mm -hmm. don't know if one that would be able to hold – you're going to have to have enough stands and everything for NASCAR to have interest in it, but – you know, street courses. Could we race through Charleston? Could we race through Wheeling? Could we do Morgantown? Like, where could we do something across the country or across the state to bring in and an, every year deal where we're going to have fans pour in? And so many NASCAR fans in West Virginia, there's got to be a way we can make it happen. So that's yeah. one of my. So they're, they're, putting in, they're putting in more and more roundabouts in West Virginia. So maybe yeah. we, can, we, can, we can get up. They are doing that. I agree with that. <laughs> 
If you're looking for a job in West Virginia, or if you're a small business that's looking to hire 10, 15, heck, maybe 50 employees, well, then you have to talk to our friends at Mountaineer Employment Solutions. Yeah, Bill Carter is the president and CEO of MES, and they've got two locations, Charleston and Morgantown, but they are looking for people to fill jobs all over the state of West Virginia. So make sure to check them out, beamountaineer.com, beamountaineer.com. If you're looking to buy, sell, rent, flip, or finance real estate projects in Southern West Virginia, you gotta talk to our friends, Jordan Christ and Jacob Skinner at Building Appalachia. Buildingappalachia.com is the website. We had Jordan and Jacob both on the podcast. Great dudes, they want to make West Virginia beautiful. That is their entire MO. They are going through beautification projects in Kanawha, Putnam, and Cabell County. So if you're looking to live in one of those places, they can hook you up, man. So make sure to go check them out at buildingappalachia.com. Tell them Mountaineer Media sent you. I mean, this has been a blast. You, you recently married. Congratulations on that. I saw on Instagram. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Like what's, what's, you mentioned huge goal, bringing what to West Virginia, what's like, what's this season? Like, where are we at in the season? What's some other major goals that you, you know, you're optimistic about as we close out, you know, we got a half of 2022 left. Like what are you trying to knock down yeah. before the end of the year? Yeah. I mean, uh, we are, I don't know if you followed us for the season or not. The only place we have actually not run well was Daytona. It's not that we didn't run well. It's when you run a Daytona, it's a crapshoot. Like there that you could wreck 90 like martin Truex i think's wrecked 41 of the 43 races you run at daytona talladega in the cup series it's, a, it's not a fun place to run it's very nostalgic and very fun as a fan to go race there but after you get out there in the draft and everything the way the style of racing promotes it's not the is most just fun like, style it, for me why is that why is it just like just a rougher culture of racing drafting, like drafting so like you're all these other racetracks you're running single car and you're away from each other right so like you're, mm -hmm. it's all about boost faster daytona everybody runs the same exact restrictive plate and everything so everybody's pushing each other you're bump drafting mm -hmm. you're shoving each other and you're in a pack of 30 cars and mm -hmm. you're separated by a second so one car gets turned sideways you're wrecking 15 20 cars Jesus it's goodness. very crazy style of racing it, it's a lot of talent but there's also a lot of luck that goes into it so mm -hmm. We got shuffled out of draft. We went from 20th, I think we started 20th, up to 6th or 7th, maybe 9th, somewhere in there. I can't remember, but it was in the top 10 in three laps. And then we were running and we got shuffled, and then we never could get back to the front. But yeah. that's the only place where we actually struggled. We've gone to Phoenix. We were a 12th-place car out of 40 for the first time that we were there. We go to Nashville. We were a 4th-place car out of, uh, I think, 20 there. Um, we go to Pensacola, 3rd-place car out of 20. We've just had – an issue in pretty much every single way you can find a way. I've never seen luck like that this year. Um, we go to uh, Irwindale, seven car breaks the motor in front of us. We pile in with 30 to go, nowhere to go. Uh, we go to Charlotte. We had a wheel weight. When I say a wheel weight, it's the size about that big. <clears throat> Bounce up off somebody's car, go through our grill, right through our radiator, and made us end our night blowing a motor. Jeez, it's like a we, lug it, nut. <laughs> it, yeah, it's the, it's the luck we've had this year. And then we go to Pocono where we show up and we're a sixth place car out of 28 cars and Pocono is a very hard racetrack to get around. And we had driven, I had to start at the rear because there, apparently there's a rule that if you stop on pit road, when the pace car starts rolling, you have to start at the rear. Didn't know that was a penalty, but I was like, okay, start 28 shotgun on the field. We drove up the six and 17 laps. <clears throat> wow. Spotter comes over and says, Hey, we're, you know, we got smoke out of the back of the car, pull down pit road, had an, uh, the zip tie that holds the oil onto the alternator. Broke. First time in 25 years, the guy that owns my team, who's worked with Dale Jr., Kevin Harvick, Matt Kenseth, said his first time in 25 years he's seen that happen. It laid the oil line down on the headers. The header melted through the oil line and ended our night. 
So that's the luck we've had. So the goal is to just find a way to turn the luck around. Yeah. If we could ever turn the luck around, we're going to click off a lot of really good finishes. We just have had no luck. Well, you got them all out of the way, man. So maybe I hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's a good way we're, to going, we're going yeah. indie this week. So if we could go there and run top 10 and only that, that'd be going and just finish these races, learn as much as we can going into 2023. So when we come back to these places that we've been about fifth place, the 10th place car, hopefully we're fighting for fifth or better in all these races. That's our goal. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, Christian, you've got a bright future ahead of you, man. Really appreciate you jumping on with us and repping. You got the state on your back, man. And that's mm-hmm. awesome. And Literally. Really yeah. Very cool. You, you know, repping West Virginia and, and making sure that your goals align with helping West Virginia too. That's, 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 and that's 1000%. Awesome. If we can bring business, if we can bring races, if we can do that is our ultimate goal is to try to share West or West Virginia, you know, deserves to be recognized nationally. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change that opinion. And I, I think when we go to these races and you have nothing but fortune 500 companies and everything out there and they can see West Virginia, you know, Hopefully that gives a spark of an idea. You know, maybe we could bring a company into the state or something like that. Those are also goals that we have aligned. So love it, it's man. racing. Don't get me wrong. I love the race and it's great to have sponsorship, but it's also we're, we're trying to plug away to represent our state and bring as much into it as we possibly can as well. We're well, doing a great job, guys. If you're listening, ChristianRoseRacing.com. Go to ChristianRoseRacing.com. Go on Instagram, ChristianRoseRacing. Uh, jump on there. Follow them if you're a passionate West Virginian. They're doing some cool stuff. Yeah, Christian, thank you, man. It's been a blast. Thank you guys. Also the podcast and what you guys are doing for the state, really freaking cool. So that's, Thank that's you, very cool to see. And I appreciate what everything you guys are doing. Wait, how much to get a sticker on the car? What do we, we talk <laughs> yeah, about? Price it, range. For, for you guys, just send me something. We'll throw it on there. We'll tag you in social media. <laughs> done. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you my address off. Just send me, send me something <laughs> and we'll, we'll go ahead and have it on for the last five races, six races. Oh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. We'll tag it on social and everything. So just, when we get off here, I'll send you the address and just shoot it over to me. We'll make it happen. We might have to ask you where we get race car stickers, but we'll figure that out. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The semantics. Yeah, we'll take care of that. Yeah, yeah listen, Sweet. guys, you guys ever want to come to a race too? Let me know. We'll make it yeah, happen. Dude, yeah, dude, we got Bristol coming up, which is pretty close. So yeah, let me know. Okay, dude, love it. You're the love best, it, man. man. Yeah. Yeah.